You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy, an element of programming of Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Danielle Noe, also with the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm an editor at Liturgy Training Publications. Good morning. Good morning. We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month and we spend our hour talking about all of the various aspects of the church's corporate communal public life. Absolutely. And, you know, from the uh, that song that you just heard, I'm sure that our <laughs> listeners can gather that today we're going to spend some time um, reflecting on the source and summit of the Catholic faith, which is the Eucharistic celebration. And this past weekend kicked off the three-year Eucharistic revival. Um, so we will be spending some time talking about that as well. The, uh, the, the whole connection between liturgy and the revival. Um, as Danielle mentioned, the United, States, uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has begun uh, just this past weekend uh, a three-year revival uh, yes. on, on uh, the Eucharist. Uh, it is known as the Eucharistic Revival. Um, it is entitled, Behold, I Make All Things New. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find out tons of information on the, uh, the Eucharistic Revival website, which is uh, eucharisticrevival.org. Yes, it is. And uh, Danielle, you mentioned uh, that. And so, so just to flesh out a bit, as Danielle said, uh, our, our focus today is going to be connecting that Eucharistic revival to the church's <laughs> liturgy, because that's where it all begins, is Absolutely. with the church's liturgy. Um, just for the listeners, if they're, if they're unaware, uh, it's a three-year process, as we said, a three-year revival. The first year, so starting this last weekend to June of 23, is um, the diocesan level. And so dioceses all over the country uh, will be um, having some uh, efforts and initiatives uh, aimed at the revival. The second year, from June 23 to June 24, is the parish level. And so the focus will be on parish events and parish initiatives and parish uh, formation and exploration of the liturgy and other aspects of our Eucharistic theology. And then the third year is the National Congress, the Eucharistic Congress uh, at, in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the point there would be to gather thousands of people from all over the country uh, for that Eucharistic Congress. So that's, that's just the background. And as Danielle, you noted, it began this last weekend uh, here mm-hmm. in the Archdiocese of Chicago um, and in dioceses all over the country. Um, this last weekend, the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of the Lord, Corpus mm-hmm. Christi, was the uh, was was the the kickoff the the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we did it in uh, a mass and a procession at Holy Name Cathedral. What were you mm-hmm. going to say? 
Oh, you know, I was going to say how fitting it is and, and, yes. and important for this to kick off on the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. As we talked about last month on the show that that solemnity um, combined two preconciliar feasts of, of the precious body and then the precious blood. So the solemnity um, is a dogmatic feast or an idea feast that it celebrates, you know, what we believe about the Eucharist and that Christ is fully present to us, but also about the fullness of that presence, right. both in um, the consecrated bread and the consecrated wine and how that imp- that is so important for the life of the church. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, many, many parishes, I can say, I can say I, I know of a number who traditionally, annually on that day, on the, the solemnity of, of uh, Corpus Christi, the body and blood of the Lord, they will have Eucharistic processions. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, historically, the, the, the Eucharistic procession grew out of the Feast of Corpus Christi right. um, from the Middle Ages. So this is ancient. This is um, a centuries-old practice. Um, Todd and I both love processions, um, <laughs> the symbolism of a procession, yes. um, the idea that we are, it's the unity of those who are gathered that are journeying together to something greater than oneself. Um, so when, when you think of all of the processions that happen during mass, the opening procession, the procession with the book of the gospels, the procession to um, receive the body and blood, the but of then g- going outward on this special day um, with the consecrated bread with the gathering of the faithful um, around um, wherever you're living. If you're living in a rural community, if you're in an urban setting, it is a witness to the rest of the world. It is. Right. Yep. Of who we are as Catholics. Um, You know, all of our rituals always reflect what it is that we believe and how we live. And if we believe so strongly in that, you know, Christ is present to us in, in the Eucharist, uh, most especially in the Eucharist. Of course, he's present to us in other ways as well. But we are taking that out into the world. Yeah. We are giving witness that and what that means for us, that we, too, are transformed, that we're called to to mission, to serve in the world. Um, to be Christ and that, in the that world. that procession is, symbolizes all of that. I, I, I love that. And, and you're absolutely right. We, we have talked, you and I have talked on the show about processions often. They are a, they are a, they're a physical manifestation of a spiritual mm. reality, right? Absolutely. They're a, they're a, three, a 3D expression, if you will, mm. of what it, what it is we believe. And, and you, you touched on it. We, we are all on a journey. We're, we are all on a journey of faith. Our whole life uh-huh. is a journey. Um, we hope, we pray that each of us individually, uh, our individual journeys will end at the heavenly banquet, at the mm-hmm. banquet of the Lamb. Uh, that's what heaven is. That's what that's what we will be doing for all eternity, God willing. We will be at the 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 banquet of the Lamb forever and eternally, pouring ourselves out in praise and thanksgiving of God the Father in union with Christ. That's right. that's the that God, that's and and everything we are doing at this point in our lives is a journey to that point. Mm-hmm. And that and the procession, any procession, as you said. Um, uh, is is a, a an example of that? Is a, a representation of that journey? You know, and a thought that just occurred to me, and um, forgive me if this is a bad metaphor, but I was I was suddenly struck with the uh, the symbolism of going outward, and I was thinking about the flame at the Easter Vigil. Oh my when goodness! When we yeah. when we bless the Paschal the, the fire, and we light the Paschal candle with the new flame of Christ, and our individual votive candles are then lit right and that flame spreads into the church it surrounds us and that's that that great symbol of of easter that the light conquers the darkness and here we are the living body and blood of christ the living church the living body of of christ going outward and surrounding the streets into this transformation that christ poured his blood out for the salvation of the world and here we are going out and giving witness to that and And it's a it's Go ahead. That's exactly what we did on on Saturday evening at the evening uh, mass of the uh, uh, cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. Bishop Jeffrey Grob, um, five, uh, vicar, I know vicar, uh, vicariate one. We we love Bishop Grob. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, he was the the main celebrant uh, and. Um, 
he carried the monstrance. And uh, for our listeners, we know the monstrance is a liturgical um, vessel uh, that uh, has the Eucharist, the consecrated bread, in the uh, a, a glass that can be seen through. Um, and uh, they're very, some of them are ornate, some of them are very simple, they're on a stand. Um, but uh, Bishop Grob carried the Eucharist in the, the monstrance around the block of the cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know a city block. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it, that, 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 that's quite a, quite a route, quite a procession. And Danielle, I have to tell you, it was, I stayed behind that kind of, I was, I was working traffic, I guess you could say. <laughs> So I was I was assisting the people coming out of the cathedral to to get into the procession, uh, and then as it made its way around, I cut over uh, to the opposite side of the block and waited. and And as the procession came up Chicago Avenue toward State Street, and the choir was singing uh, a chant uh, that was just beautiful Eucharistic chant, and the people were passing, but they'd stop. And look, and, and I saw a few people mm-hmm. cross themselves as the, mm-hmm. as the, I mean, they were just out on the street. They were, it was a, a Saturday evening, downtown Chicago. So there were tourists and visitors, but people stopped. And I saw many of them crossing themselves as the, the as the Eucharist passed by them. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a wonderful witness. And I, it, I was, I was very struck by, by uh, the, the response of those who were just passing by. I have to say, in in all my years of going to Mass and celebrating the various rituals, I love the urban setting of these outside rituals, like the fire, the the Easter vigil, the procession, because of that. Yes. Because you have, you know, it's Mass Market Central, right? We're near Michigan Avenue. Yep. The the procession goes by (laughs) Chick-fil-A and, you know, all of these All these these expensive shops, yeah. Yeah. And right yeah. in the middle of it all, right in the middle of the hubbub, right in the middle of the, the you know, the, the downtown grind was a, a simple but beautiful procession mm-hmm. with the Blessed Sacrament to kick, yep. to kick off this national revival. Uh, it, it really it really was beautiful. And, and I know that happened just from um, uh, a conversation with my colleagues. I know it, I know the, a similar event happened in most of the dioceses that neighbor us. Uh, Milwaukee and Gary and Joliet and Rockford um, and, and, and from colleagues across the, the country, uh, both you and I know of other dioceses that um, began the revival this last weekend in the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful witness. I'm glad that you brought up the uh, presence of the choir. Yes. Because um, we are called those that the assembly that are invited to be part of the um, procession. You know, one of the, the expectations is that we are singing. And of course, singing is that expression of, of praise and thanksgiving right. to God. And it's a sign of that unity. Right. So that that is another living witness um, to those passerbys that here is this church gathered singing in joy. Yep. And yeah, and and in singing in union, you're right. It's mm-hmm. it, it 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 is it 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 calls all the participants into unity. So much of an right. expression of 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 communion and and union is is singing. So we did that, yeah. And right there in the, uh, as I say, with the uh, traffic noises and 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 uh, everything, all the other downtown noises, you you heard them from um, down the block. Uh, mm-hmm. approaching and the so then the the uh, procession went out the front doors it went around the block it came back to the front doors of the cathedral went back into the cathedral and the monstrance was placed on the altar and um, we sang the song that mike played as the show started this morning tantum nice. ergo a, tra- mm-hmm. a traditional eucharistic hymn that is is used uh for um uh, adoration and exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, as he, as we sang Tantum Ergo, he incensed the uh, Blessed Sacrament and then blessed the uh, the assembly uh, mm-hmm. with the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, that's that's uh, benediction. That's what we know mm-hmm. as benediction, being blessed with the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, uh, then the the Eucharist was replaced in the altar, and there was a, a a simple recession out. It was it was very very nice, and it, and as we said, it kicked off the Eucharistic revival. It's begun uh, across this country, and when we come back from this break, we're going to talk more about the foundation of our Eucharistic theology. Oh, 
Get ready for a fabulous day of golf for a great cause as Catholic Charities 2022 Golf Invitational tees off at the beautiful Olympia Fields Country Club on Monday, June 27th. Gather your friends, family members, and work colleagues for a day that is sure to be a highlight of your summer. Enjoyable contests and surprises are planned throughout the day to make this one extraordinary golf outing. Proceeds from this event will benefit Catholic Charities programs and services in Cook County. Fantastic sponsorships are still available for an invitational that is one of the most popular summer golf events in Chicago. Don't miss the 2022 Catholic Charities Golf Invitational on June 27th. For more information, go to catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit, and now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about the National Eucharistic Revival and its connection to the liturgy of the church. And um, Danielle, you did a great job of choosing music, uh, Eucharistic-themed oh. music to bring us into and out of the, uh, the breaks. Thanks for that. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> I, I, I noticed, um, again, Mike did a great job because uh, in that last break, he played the English version of Tantumergo. Uh, mm -hmm. The opening of the show was the Latin version, and mm -hmm. he came out. We went into that last break with the English version, and as we said, we mm -hmm. sang that uh, on Saturday evening uh, at Holy Name Cathedral in the Archdiocese of Chicago to kick off the Eucharistic Revival. Um, Danielle, I made mention of this earlier, that uh, there is a national website. It is eucharisticrevival.org, and yes. um, if you look at that website, I love absolutely love how it is rooting this revival in the celebration of the Eucharist. So uh, you look at the very start uh, on the, the webpage, um, twice it quotes 
the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy and Lumen Gentium, mm-hmm. uh, all, who, all those major documents of the Second Vatican Council that use the term source and summit. So, right. yeah, so for example, um, the opening paragraph on the uh, national website says that our world is hurting. And oh my gosh, indeed it is. And it, it goes on to, to say, we all need healing, yet many of us are separated from the very source of our strength. Jesus Christ invites mm-hmm. us to return to the source and summit of our faith. There's the, there, right. um, for those of, uh, for those following on Facebook and YouTube, uh, we have that up on the screen, that, that opening paragraph. Um, but, but let me read that again. Jesus Christ invites us to return to the source and summit of our faith. What mm-hmm. is terribly important, I think, is to realize that that famous, I'm going to say famous term, source and summit is comes from the documents of the church that are addressing the liturgy of the church right the celebration of the eucharist right this was one of the foundational sections on the constitution of the sacred liturgy right that forms the that came out of the the very first document of the second vatican council which that theology is stressed and emphasized and is the call, the underlying theology of all of the reform that followed. And the the mat, or the Eucharist or the liturgy as the source and summit of our faith emphasizes that that is the foundation, that is the heart of who we are as Catholics, that participating in that reality, participating in the Eucharistic celebration, the action of the church, this expression of thanksgiving, of great joy, of great belief in the presence of Christ to then go out and transform the world. There is always, it's the source and summit of the Christian life, Yes, right? So it doesn't end with mass. There's always that connection. We have talked about that and stressed that so many times on this show. And so when we, every Sunday, we gather to celebrate the Lord's day, the day of resurrection, the day of new creation, the um, belief that he is present to us, body, soul, and Body, divinity, blood, soul, and, and divinity. Well, exactly. <laughs> that in unified action, we celebrate that faith, yeah. that we are freed from sin, and that I think most especially that it's like John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And when he was resurrected and then ascended into heaven, we just celebrated the great season of Easter, that he is with us always. Yes. And he is always with us in the celebration of the liturgy and in the world through our own service to him that we are called to go forth. But God sent his son to be with us, to continually transform the church so that we make present the kingdom of God here right now. Right. Not, not, not at the end, not at the end of time, but, but it, but it begins here and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it begins with the celebration of the Eucharist, the celebration of the mass, like you said, source and summit. And, and, and so just real quickly, what that means is that there isn't one thing we do as people of faith that doesn't somehow flow out of the weekly celebration of the Eucharist on the Lord's day when we gather as the body of Christ to celebrate the Eucharist and then to take that out into the following week. There's nothing that we do as in our faith lives. It doesn't flow from that. And that similarly, everything we do in our Christian faith is to lead us back on the Lord's day, on the day of resurrection, as you said, to gather as the body of Christ to celebrate the the Lord's supper. That's that's where it all begins. Uh, And everything else Everything else in terms of our Eucharistic faith flows from that, right? right? Um, there's, Danielle, there's, um, there's a lot of emphasis on um, things like adoration mm-hmm. and exposition during this um, three-year revival. Um, but I think it's important, and I don't want us to lose the, um, the sense that, that all is, that's all part of it. But it begins Mm -hmm. with the Mass. And if we don't put emphasis during this Eucharistic revival on the celebration of the Mass, on the celebration of the liturgy, we're missing the point. 
That's well, where even it the, begins. The, the documents um, are very clear on that oh, yeah. as well. Church teaching is very clear, um, guiding the celebration of um, processions and um, exposition and benediction, even the Eucharistic Congress that's going to happen in three years. Um, it's the document, Holy Communion and Worship of the Eucharist outside of Mass. That's the primary um, document that governs and, and directs and and uh, gives the norms for any kind of uh, Eucharistic worship, any kind of adoration, right. any kind of exposition, mm-hmm. um, communion outside of Mass, right? It, yes. That's the document that, that governs everything um everything uh, outside the celebration of the mass yeah. and so and the, the document there. begins yes. by stressing the celebration of the mass the very first chapter relationship between eucharistic worship outside mass and the eucharistic celebration and paragraph one right the celebration of the eucharist is the center of the entire christian life so it's again it's quoting lumen gentium it's quoting the constitution of the sacred liturgy it's the the heart of this document is rooted in the vatican council paragraph two look at look at that first line look at that first line of paragraph two that like you just said that's that's key i think yep so the celebration of the eucharist and the sacrifice of the mass moreover is truly the origin and purpose of the worship that is shown to the eucharist outside mass say that again it's the origin and the purpose purpose of, of the, the worship, worship yep. that is shown outside of mass. So, uh, so in a sense, uh, and and even our even our theology of adoration sees the mass as the source and the summit of that. Right, mm-hmm. all adoration, Eucharistic adoration, all all of it flows out of the celebration of the mass, the body of Christ coming together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and mm-hmm. all adoration is to draw us back. To right. lead to right. the gathering as the body of Christ around the altar of the Lord to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Right. That's that's the goal and the purpose of all adoration. So we can't we can't do this revival without um, exploring and connecting and breaking open the celebration of the the Mass of the Eucharist. Well, it's extremely important. I think it's fitting that this revival follows so closely on the heels of the pandemic. Wow. You know, because what happened, you know, all all of these practices of adoration and exposition, you know, grew out of a time, right, when people were not receiving the Eucharist. We've come out of this two-year pandemic that's still going on where we were not even able to go to Mass, and we were watching it on screens. We were separated from the community. So being able to stress the importance of the celebration of the Eucharist now, after a time when we were so removed from it, yeah. is extremely important. So by emphasizing that the, that our practices of piety are important for individual faith and even for communal faith with, of acknowledging our faith in the Eucharist, but like you said, it always flows back to the mass and this the document that we're quoting emphasizes that yeah. it encourages our adoration and veneration but the sacrament is to be no less the object of adoration on the grounds that it was instituted by Christ the Lord to be received as food that's paragraph 3 to be document. exactly to be received as food mm-hmm. the act the liturgical act of communion um, yes. and and how how that and you touched on just a, this just a moment ago how the reception of communion is therefore meant to transform us more into the image of the lord yes. so that we can yes. go out into the world as that image of the lord jesus to save it to transform it yes. to to help to establish the kingdom of heaven you know the primary reason for why we even reserve the sacrament is for viaticum and for the sick, right? Right. So again, that emphasis on receiving as food. Um, So there's always that underlying theology through all of those practices. It always sends us back to the heart of who we are. Yep. The celebration of the mass. Yep. The, 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 the very, the, our very identity. Right. Mm -hmm. When we come back from this break, Danielle, let's talk a bit more about that whole connection between the Eucharist and mission. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more focus on the liturgy after these messages. 
At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. If you are just joining us in this half-hour break, I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Danielle Noe from Liturgy Training Publications. And we are talking about the Eucharistic Revival, which just began this last weekend on the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, the most holy body and blood of the Lord, the connection of that revival to the liturgy. Um, the, you, 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 you cannot have Eucharistic adoration without the, the, the liturgy. Um, and as we were talking in that last segment, Danielle, um, and, and even the National Revival um, website uh, makes that connection by using the term source and summit, which in all the right. documents refers to the celebration of the Eucharist. Um, right. and, and how that then transforms us in that celebration, in the reception of Holy Communion, uh, to, to be more the image of Christ we were baptized to be out in the world. Pope Benedict talked an awful lot about that in um, Sacramentum Caritatis uh, mm-hmm. and, and a couple of other documents, but um, uh, it, it's in that document, Danielle, where uh, Pope Benedict even talks about um, the origin of the word Mass, right? Right, which... Um Mass means mission. That's where, um, that's where the word the, comes from. 
Mm-hmm. It comes from the closing words of the mass, ite mise est. So go, you are sent. Um, I always found it interesting that that last part of the mass is actually the one part that doesn't follow the Latin exactly because Pope Benedict (laughs) had called for extra dismissal texts for the um, end of mass specifically so that people would understand more clearly and take it to heart of what they're being called outward in the world to do um, to glorify God, right? That the entire life, by our life, by the way we live, glorify the Lord by the way you live. Pope or Pope Benedict had said um, in his document, um, which is it's a beautiful document called Sacramentum Caritatis. Um, it's a very spiritual document about the meaning of the whole mass and how it sends us forth to be people of charity, people of, of justice. Um, Todd, uh, you had mentioned to me paragraph eighty nine, right. so I, I I pulled that up, and this begins a section called the social implications of the Eucharistic mystery. Um, this is all tied up with the meaning of the word mass and how mass sends us to mission. Yeah. And it's in and that, that it's in that paragraph where he says the relationship between the Eucharistic mystery and social commitment must mm-hmm. be made explicit and i think i was really struck by the description of the eucharistic revival on their website um it's you mentioned this before how it begins by saying our world is hurting and yeah. we need healing mm-hmm. and then it continues to say how the church has been rocked with scandal division disease doubt and in the midst of this, Jesus is present, right? Reminding us, the, the website says that, it reminds us that he's more powerful than the storm. He desires to heal, renew, right. and unify the church and the world. That his body was poured out and broken so that we would go forth to heal, to transform, to be sent on mission. Right. Um, the Eucharist gives us strength for that. It conforms us more fully into the image and likeness of Christ to be God's adopted sons and daughters in the world. So there's always this connection between our Eucharistic faith and the mass, but also justice. Um, and, Pope and Francis, service and mission and, and, and yes. right. And healing and, and clothing the naked and, and yes. serving the poor. Yes. And, and Pope Francis in his, you were going to talk about a homily. Yeah, so the homily for for, um, Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, Pope Francis says how it's a time for Christians to remember that God will meet their basic needs to eat and to be filled with joy. But at the same time, he emphasized that it must move Christians to action. He said that we can evaluate our Eucharistic adoration when we take care of our neighbor like Jesus does. There's a hunger for food around us, but also for companionship. There's a hunger for consolation, friendship, good humor. There's a hunger for attention. There's a hunger to be evangelized. We find this in the Eucharistic bread and the attention of Christ to our needs and the invitation to do the same toward those who are beside us. We need to eat and we need to feed others. Oh my I think that's been central to his, to um, his pontificate. He's always oh my emphasizing yes. Oh, yes. Christ as encounter about the invitation. He begins his document Evangelii Gaudium with those very words that no one should feel excluded from the invitation to be um, in relationship with Christ. And and that go and, ahead. And then and then having that encounter transform us, strengthen us, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We cannot be the same once we have encountered the living Christ after right. as we were before. Right. And 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 again, if this Eucharistic revival can, um, ex- can raise up for us that make those connections between yeah. our encounter with Christ in the Eucharist, uh, primarily at Mass and then in uh, other other forms of Eucharistic worship, yeah. So that we can then transform the world. And and yeah. and as as the uh, prayer after communion uh on uh, the fifth Sunday of ordinary time says for the salvation of the world. Right. I 
then there's so many wonderful and exciting pastoral opportunities with this revival, not only with, you know, how we are celebrating periods of um, exposition and adoration, but all those who are involved in, with that is a, it, like we did with the missile, that it's always an opportunity for catechesis and evangelization, right? Yep. So the missile was an opportunity to teach people what, you know, why the mass is important. Ten years ago, we can always do it again. Yes. And, <laughs> and on the, the heels of this pandemic with war in Ukraine, with our divided country, what better time to focus our energy of why is the mass important? How does it transform us? Why does it, why is it connected to lives of justice, but also not only to um, form our cerebral understanding or intellectual understanding of this, but also to experience it, to invite people back to mass who have been disconnected um, from the pandemic or other reasons, but also to go out and serve, you know, what, invite the social justice committee to be in communication with the liturgy committee to not only prepare vibrant liturgies, but invite people to then go forth and actually serve in soup kitchens or um, funeral ministry or anything that the, the um, corporal works of mercy call us to do, but also acts of justice to help those who are oppressed and to remove those, help remove those situations that foster oppression, right? right? That's what justice calls right. us to do. Um, all of this is tied up in our belief of the Eucharist. Without doubt, um, and 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 tied to our celebration of the Eucharist it was John Paul II in Days Domini, where um, Saint John Paul talked about uh, how the the how the celebration of the the Sunday Eucharist, the 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 Eucharist on the Lord's Day, right when the body of Christ, as we said, comes together, um, that is that is the day. Saint John Paul said for these corporal works of mercy being sent out commissioned at the end of mass. He said, this is the day Sunday is the day to visit the sick, to visit those imprisoned, to care for the needy. Uh, he said, that's where Sunday is where we are formed to live a Eucharistic life. He used that, that image, a Eucharistic life. Mm-hmm. And but all then of to come back there. into it the next Sunday, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> we oh need gosh, our strength. Yeah. We need our renewal. And the Eucharist is part of that. So this next, these three years, uh, yes, there, there will be opportunities for, um, hopefully, there'll be opportunities for some good, solid formation. Just uh, uh, as you said, uh, an opportunity to go deeper. We can, we can always, always be drawn deeper into the mystery uh, of the sacraments, into the mystery of the Eucharist. Um, and maybe that's what we can pick up with when we come back from this next break. Sure. Sounds great. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're talking about the National Eucharistic Revival and the Liturgy. circle be unbroken? Will the power of death prevail? Will the voices seeking justice be rejected and grow frail? Will revenge replace forgiveness? Will our pride replace God's peace? Will the innocents be victims and the violence increase? Will the words our God has Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. 
Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com. Or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need. We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day, knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about the Eucharistic Revival and its connection to the celebration of the Eucharistic Liturgy. It was uh, begun, the Eucharistic Revival, this last, um, this last uh, weekend on the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of the Lord. Uh, and um, Danielle, we've been talking about a number of the uh, the, a number of documents that talk uh, that that direct and give norms for uh, things like Eucharistic processions and Eucharistic worship and Eucharistic adoration, mm-hmm. uh, Holy Communion and worship of the Eucharist outside Mass. Um, and there's there's as as we wrap this this show up, uh, there's a great um, paragraph, paragraph eighty one, where it talks about. Um, the connection that we've been trying to make in this show. It says, prayer before Christ the Lord, sacramentally present, that is in the Blessed Sacrament, right, extends the union with Christ, which the faithful have reached in communion, in the in the mm-hmm. reception of communion, in the celebration of the Eucharist. It says that it renews the covenant, which in turn moves them, moves the faithful, to maintain in their lives what they have received by faith and by sacraments. And then it goes on to say that everyone should be concerned with good deeds and with pleasing God so that he or she may imbue the world. I love that. Mm. I love that image. May imbue the world with the Christian spirit and be a witness of Christ in the midst of human society. That's lovely. Isn't that? If, so, so 
if our worship of the Eucharist at Mass and outside of Mass, if our adoration, mm-hmm. if our um, uh, 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 taking part in Eucharistic processions, if our 40 hours don't move us to imbue the world, yes. <laughs> our families, our workplaces, the supermarket, imbue the world with the Christian spirit, then something is wrong. Well, the prophets of the Old Testament, right, are always very clear that if our worship doesn't lead us to service of the poor, to service of the oppressed, then our worship is false. Yeah. So my hope is that the the Eucharistic revival will have things, yes, like opportunities for adoration, but... Mm-hmm. How about opportunities for um, uh, parish opportunities, diocesan opportunities for serving the poor, for uh, yeah. f- right, for um, yep. social justice, for yep. uh, uh, caring for those who are imprisoned and uh, who yep. who are sick and the elderly, um, and 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 parishes can do this, dioceses can do this. As we said, this first year is the kind of a diocesan focus. Um, but by by sponsoring uh, opportunities for continued formation, uh, mm-hmm. as as well as opportunities for prayer, come to LTP for those resources. There you go. We we have been spent, and I'm so excited about these resources. Part of me is sad that we needed them because of the, just the state of the world. But on the flip side, I was so excited to work on these projects. Um, the uh, the last link. Oh, I'm sorry. You see our our website on the screen. It's right. Liturgy Training Publications www.ltp.org, and we are an agency of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, the uh, to our producers, I sent four links with um, some products. If you click on the last link that I sent you, it's a resource called Glorify the Lord by Your Life. And this was written by Bernie Evans, who um, was a professor of mine from St. John's in Minnesota. And he was the chair of the, the, uh, the Virgil Michael Association. And Virgil Michael was responsible for bringing the connections of liturgy and justice to the United States back in the 20s. Right. Um, so there was this parallel movement between social justice and liturgy. And that was part of the liturgical renewal. Well, the resource Glorify the Lord by Your Life opens up the seven major themes of Catholic social teaching. These major themes were set by um, the U.S. bishops back in the 90s. So human dignity, um, the rights of workers, the, the rights of the poor, um, care for creation, solidarity. All, And he explains these theological points through the lens of the liturgy. And how the liturgy sends us out to acknowledge the poor, to um, to respect the dignity of every human person. Um, so that, and there are um, questions for discussion at the end of the, each chapter. This was great for adult faith formation, even teens. I right. think teens in campus ministries would really respond very well to this book. And also, the very first link that I sent you, just in terms of unpacking the liturgy as source and summit um the first resource is is called um the liturgy the source and summit of the christian life so we the very title of the book goes right to the documents it's written by karina laughlin and she breaks open what do we believe about the liturgy how is it the source and summit um beautiful book for um adult faith formation as well but on a practical level of course we're going to be seeing um probably more um, services of exposition and benediction. Right. Um, I think it's important to for pastors and liturgists, music directors to understand what the church's vision is um, for celebrating um, because there are rights, right? Yes. That go with it, liturgical rites of exposition and benediction. Um, so guide for celebrating worship of the Eucharist outside of mass by John Thomas Lane Um walks through the documents, walks through the various rites, um, and helps you implement them in a way that leads the faithful back to the celebration of the mass. And I don't, I don't know how many people realize that, but exposition of the blessed sacrament is a liturgical Mm rite. It's a liturgy of the church. Um, it's not a devotion, although Mm -hmm. there are devotional elements, right? Right. But it, it is a, it is a liturgy of the church and, uh, uh, and 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 benediction is a, a rite of the church. Yeah. Um, it's it's a ritual. It's a liturgy. It's it's not it's not. Um, and and so 
we care for it and prepare for it and celebrate it mm-hmm. like with the care and the concern and the um, proper preparation due to all the liturgies right. of the church. So what does that call for? Music, the, the presence of scripture, liturgical ministers, scripture, preaching. homilies, preaching, yep. but also periods of prolonged contemplative silence. Yes. And there's a lot of flexibility, right, with how we prepare these. So the, I think that's important because um, stylistically, praise and worship can be um, integrated, yep. um, traditional Catholic hymnody. There are a lot of opportunities of know who your community is yes. and what they're going to respond to. Exactly, exactly. So just, uh, Danielle, in these last uh, two minutes that we have, um, just that connection to the the resources that LTP has, um, the uh the, the National Revival website uh, as well that uh, listeners can, can go to to familiarize themselves with uh, the efforts and these initiatives um, and 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 you know to the listeners as, as hopefully we always do in this show, draw them to make the connections in your own lives, listeners, between right. your participation in the Eucharist, the very source and summit of our lives, and how you live your Christian life outside of Mass. I think this is a good opportunity for homilists as well to, we don't often hear liturgically based preaching. And so now during the revival, I I, I would like to encourage and invite them to think about that, to preach about the prayers of the mass, Yes. to preach about the rights of the mass. Exactly. Of of what is the Eucharist beyond object of, of, devotion and adoration, but as action and food and sacrifice and what it means then to live a life of sacrifice and food, to be food for others. As St. John Paul II said, to live a Eucharistic life. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to live a Eucharistic life? That's what this revival is, is Mm -hmm. calling us to. Mm -hmm. Uh, That, that's what, that's, that's what I pray are the fruits of the revival at the end of the three years, right? And what what is the the two greatest commandments uh, uh, is to love God and love others. Yep. And yep. that's what the Eucharist sends us out to do. Exactly. Thank you for listening to Focus on the Liturgy. We will be back on the fourth Wednesday of next month. We've been talking about the Eucharistic revival and its connection to the liturgy. Take care. God, God bless. bless. The dreams of those before us. Ancient hopeful cries. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. The young and the old, the frightened, the bold. The greatest and the least We come to your feast We come to your feast With the fruit of our lands And the work of our hands We come to your feast We place upon your table a humble